Welcome back to the ninth episode of the Mentor Me Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Hall, and in this episode, I had the chance to sit down with the founder of Superfast Business, James Schramko. James's business helps entrepreneurs grow their business and profits, as well as getting to enjoy their lives along the way. Many entrepreneurs that start out get so caught up and wrapped up in their business, they often forget the reason why they started, which was to enjoy the work they do and enjoy life outside of the business, to spend with family, spend with friends, work on hobbies, whatever it looks like. Along with Superfast Business, James is also the author of the book, Work Less, Make More, which is loaded with information he provides his clients to make your business more effective and enjoy life outside of work. In this episode, we also talk about making the most of your time and not letting other people's agenda take you away from your own. Also on this episode, I was having some mic troubles. So I had to use my headphones instead of an actual microphone. So I hope it sounds okay to you guys. But outside of that, I hope you enjoy. To earn an income. I was definitely focused on providing. That was my number one focus. And most other things pushed to the side. Got it. So what, what eventually led you to, um, was sales a big, a big part of your life where you were working a ton of hours and what led you to writing the book, work less, uh, make more, were you working some crazy sales hours? Cause I know there's some sales jobs out there where you're making, you know, tons of calls, staying late just to make some extra dollars. Is that what kind of led you to eventually finding that path or did you, hop into sales, hop out, or was it a longer career in sales? Well, I started, my official sales career started in March 1995. And to some extent, there's still an element of sales in my business now. It's it's a lifelong thing. But certainly uh, for a long time when I was in my career, our business was open seven days a week. And in a commission-only slash performance environment, you really uh, were thinking about it a lot. So I would say even if I wasn't physically at the business, I'd be thinking about it or taking calls. So it, it was literally a seven day a week thing for many years. So why did I write work less, make more? Uh, because I wanted to provide a clearer pathway for people who uh, were an early version of me. <laughs> so probably if you can understand more about leverage early on, then you can probably shortcut some of the the hard yards I had to put in to get to the the destination I went to. And the more I learned about leverage, the more I learned about running my own business, the clearer it became that I was just on a really hard treadmill before. I mean, I, I do work a lot less now than when I had a job and I do make a lot more than when I had a job. And it's because of creating the right business vehicle and uh, you know, activating some of the knowledge that I've learned over the years as I've put it to practice. And I've founded, built, and sold businesses. I've had a nice uh, team now for 11 years in my own business. And uh, the leverage that comes with things like a recurring business model can get you a much better yield than just working for one person in a job-like capacity, which is what a lot of people do. And it's okay if that's what you want to do. And we do need employees. We have to have bus drivers and 
people to to service uh, at shops and so forth. So there's a role for that. But for some people listening to this or watching this, there will be um, a desire to have you know that next level of control of your life and uh, freedom and independence that can come if you want to sort of look within yourself and become an entrepreneur. Sure. So, what is your advice to the the person that is in their in a in a you know seven day a week working their butt off job that is trying to <clears throat> take that next step up and maybe they have an idea that they have they've been wanting to do for a long time but they just haven't taken that step yet what's a what was a a piece that you saw in your life that you just noticed and said all right i gotta get out of this i gotta go do something new well for me i think there was a lot of external pressure so for the person who's got an idea and is thinking about it but not activating it and and i have people like that in my life there's a guy who i surf with and he tells me how much he hates his job when we surf and he asked me what to do about it and i told him what to do but then a few months later he hasn't done it Mm. and i said i think what's really going on here is you just don't want it bad enough um, because you you make noises and you complain about it and you've got the pathway but you just won't walk down the pathway so Mm. can only presume it's just not important enough to you yet there's not enough pressure internally or externally for you to want to do it uh, so he he'll choose the path of comfort and remain uh, in the same spot so i think um, comfort is the enemy of growth and if you want to grow you might have to take some risk or put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and for a lot of people uh, they might be in a they might be introverted and that might be very uncomfortable for them to put themselves out there and i can understand that i think for me selling Um, broke down a lot of fear of dealing with strangers and being able to communicate and that was an an important skill I was very shy at school and reserved and always on the back foot and I uh, went along to acting classes when I was a teenager my mom encouraged me to go and try and break out of my shell a bit and that really helped me to be able to deal with other humans so I would say if you're not where you want to be look within you know, look in the mirror, take responsibility to move yourself where you need to be. It's really got to come with, within. Don't don't wait till an outside force causes you to have to do it. And that's what happened in 2020. 2020, an outside force put a lot of pressure on the population and caused them to have to change. They no longer had the choice. Um, to to go into a physical workplace. In many cases, their job disappeared and they were left in a position where they were forced to make changes. Uh, And if you you do that prior to actually having to do it, then I think that's the real victory. So maybe in 2021, say, where would I like to position myself in a few years from now and start making those steps and find that motivation within and take the first step, even if it's a bit scary, because on the other side of that discomfort will be a new level of growth that you can't experience until you do that. That's so good. Yeah, I, I agree with you that uh, comfort just prohibits any growth you have, you're going to make. Um, I found myself, I was telling you a little bit before this podcast, that 
I kind of got into that comfortable zone where you're just coming home, you're not doing anything that's helping you grow. Like I was doing the easy thing, which is sit on the couch, scroll through social media, not do any, but I was in that same boat. I would complain about wanting to start something like this or, you know, wanting to read more. But then I, here I am looking at my habits and I, I was sitting there doing nothing. So I think that's incredibly good. Um, and just a reminder to, to make sure you're aware of when you're getting comfortable. Do you have any um, ways to recognize that in yourself? Do you know any ways that you're just thinking, uh, I kind of recognize I'm getting comfortable here? Uh, when I'm putting something off, I question why. What What's going on that causes me to not want to do this? What am I afraid of? Hmm. Um, I see this a lot with people I coach, actually, and this is where they sabotage themselves. They don't go out and market because they know if they get a customer, then they're going to have to deal with the customer, and then that's going to put strain on their under-resourced business situation. So for them, I start building up resource in their business. I increase their capacity to serve then it's easy for them to go and get customers because they can scale. For me, I'd say the most recent situation that I was aware of my comfort zone was uh, last week. We had uh, the, the biggest waves of the year so far, and I found myself uh, full of adrenaline um, and right on the cusp of you know fear slash danger slash um, past where I feel happy and comfortable in my surfing, the waves, um, just for reference, were around about 10 feet. So it's pretty much the same as if you went up onto the roof of your house to clean out the gutters and you look down into the backyard. Um, the waves were that size. And I was feeling like, you know, have I done the work to be in this situation uh, and to survive it? And it was, it was really uh, scary and pushed it, it really made me think a lot. It caused a lot of thought and I wasn't happy with my results from the first attempt. So I went out again uh, later and managed to conquer it. And I felt uh, that satisfaction that comes from having moved. I know I moved. And then the next day, as typically happens, the swell eased off a little bit and it was only six to eight feet. And a lot of my friends went out for the first time in that and they were like, oh, my God, this is out of control. This is serious. It's, you know, gnarly. And I was, like, so happy. It was within my comfort zone. It was it was easier than it was the day before. Mm. So the contrast of, of my peer group was knowing that my personal journey had moved a notch. And then, of course, yesterday it was tiny and it was actually really disappointing. <laughs> it was like <laughs> there's no challenge. And there's, there's no no joy when it's super small and tiny and crumbly. So I think it's about paying attention to the thoughts you're having. You are having thoughts all day long. It's a matter of capturing those thoughts and processing them and thinking about it. And um, for a lot of people, if they're just going shuffling from their job back home to the couch and watching Netflix and surfing their iPad at the same time, they actually don't have any space to have thoughts they're just mm. surrendered to someone else's system and, and someone else is in the driver's seat of their brain and they're just mm. being dragged around life. So I, I remember an old motivation book I read. It had some line to the effect that if you don't have a plan, you'll fit into someone else's plan. And I think that's really important. So it's, it's really important to step up 
and be aware mm. of when you're comfortable or not. Be aware of when you are pushing the limit or not. And you get to choose how much you want to dial that in. That's what some people don't even realize they have a choice. Yeah, that's so good. Wow. Yeah, I I was just thinking about that. Um, I've never thought of it that way, you know, that that someone else is basically taking my time. You know, their their plan is taking up my time instead of me doing what I want to do. I think that's really important. And I think it's really um, easy to fall into that, especially right now when all of us, most of us are at home. Um, and you just have more time to yourself, but you probably are spending less time thinking because you're filling it with your phone, you're filling it with screens, you're filling it with all this stuff. Um, so that's really good, James, appreciate that. Um, I wanna hit on you, uh, your current business and th that you help other businesses grow right now. What is the most recurring issue you see in both small and large businesses um, that is hindering their growth? Well, the, probably the mindset of the leader. I think the business can only expand or grow or prosper to the extent that the leader's mental capacity will allow. So that's a big focus uh, for me. Um, and, and a close extension to that is team. I see this is a constriction point for almost everyone who's trying to scale is the leadership aspect. A lot of people are not prepared to hire, train, lead, uh, manage their team. They might have gone through university and started their business, or maybe they've been an employee uh, at some point, and maybe they were even a team leader, but there's, it's unlikely they're ready to cope with um, being an entrepreneur and the responsibility that comes with providing someone's entire income. Like when you, when you take on a, a team, you have huge responsibility. But uh, if you think about the Spider-Man expression, do you remember the Spider-Man expression about... Um, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. So if you flip that, it must also be true that with great responsibility comes great power. And if you are prepared to build a team and take on that responsibility, then it gives you a lot of power in the marketplace. Uh, so I have, for mm. example, six or seven people in my team. We can cover a lot more ground than I can by myself. We can publish more episodes. We can put out more blog content. We can send more emails. We can transcribe more courses. We can serve our customers better. So by taking on that responsibility, you can power up and you can get into a stronger position. But I don't think many people are natural at leadership. Uh, often they've had bad bosses. And in many cases, they simply just haven't been taught. Yeah, that's great. How has your approach changed um, for helping businesses during the COVID time? I think I've noticed a trend where businesses um, often as a coach, they've treated me more like an insurance policy. They, they pay a membership, they can chat to me and I can help them with their stuff and they go on a regular schedule. And in the good times, we have a nice cadence and a good rhythm to the, the communication that we have. But I noticed with COVID, people became more needy uh, as they're, um, and, and, you know, it also coincided with an election year for the United States, which puts pressure on every country, every English speaking country. We get flooded with social media 
divisive arguments and political uh, propaganda and so forth. And then, mm. then you know, with the with the um, the change for the major population, like it affects everyone from even they have to wear a mask to drop their kids off to school or whatever, or schools closed and now they've got kids at home. There's a huge shift in the population. So it stacks a lot of pressure onto the business owner who's trying to navigate. Their first thing is, you know, am I going to survive? The second thing is, you know, if, if I'm going to survive, how will I adapt to this new environment? And of course, a lot of that pressure gets transferred through to the coach, <laughs> the person you know, the one person in the entire world who's on their team, who wants them to succeed, who they can converse with. I've, I noticed that in 2020, I had to be very careful about um, how I was uh, accessible and looking after my, my clients to make sure they navigate through it smoothly. I'm very fortunate that the bulk of my clients are online businesses, almost all of them, and online pretty much took off. So yeah. I had this interesting effect where most of my clients were more successful than in previous years, but that required a lot more assistance. So I repackaged and rebranded a few of my propositions. I added a new product underneath my main product that helped people have a soft landing if they needed to step back their commitment. They were able to land on the next program down. And it was also a good entry point for all these new people who were starting to come online who were not interested in it before, especially my family and friends. Suddenly, everyone I knew was wanting to talk to me. So tell me about what you do again. Because, you know, when my parents who are in their 80s are starting to talk about Zoom, like there's this massive awareness in the population of this whole <laughs> online world that up until Definitely. 2020 was somewhat of a secret. But now... Even my friends who work in big banks in the city are sitting at home, getting on a Zoom and trying to do their job. So it's like the, 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 the veil of secrecy lifted off my whole industry. So for me, I made these um, adaptations. And uh, one of the best outcomes of all was I was able to remove five or six hours a week uh, worth of coaching hours and replace that with a performance-based product that... I share in the success for my clients in this private portfolio that I have of um, businesses who are a good fit for my skills and distribution. And that was a big win. I was able to work less and make more again in 2020, <laughs> which uh, I feel like I'd built up to that year. I was ready for that year more than most. And we never ran out of toilet paper either, which was good. <laughs> hey, that's a great thing. I can say it was a it was a fight for it here in the U.S. Well, James, I got some final questions for you. Um, do you have they're more lifestyle fun questions? Um, do you have a morning routine or just a routine throughout your day that you that you do every single day? Uh, I surf every day. That's for me. That's that's the most important thing. I, I want to surf, so I'll I'll check the weather conditions. I'll find pick the right equipment, and I'll go out and. And do that. And I like it because it's completely analog. There's no digital tech. Uh, I'm not um, bound to, you know, I don't have to communicate with anyone else. I can have that space for myself. And it's also a good physical exercise. I can, typically will paddle around up to three or four miles. And uh, it's just being with the ocean 
and nature, I think, is very important to, to stay grounded. Yeah. You know, it's all bare feet and board shorts. And I think if more people surfed, uh, everyone would be a little more relaxed. But I'm sure, you know, wherever you are in the world, there's something you could do, whether it's skiing or cycling or, uh, you know, there'll be land-based things people could do as well. So I think it's important to have that thing. For me, that's, mm. that's the metronome that sets the tone for my life. And uh, aside from that, I have a lot of family time scheduled. That's awesome. Do you journal at all? I've been updating my, uh, in my higher level program, I've got a daily progress journal where I update that. I've been doing that for about eight years straight. And uh, I do write things down. I've got a, a system I call a life sheet, which is essentially a Google document with tabs. And the tabs are different categories. And I do make notes in that. Uh, so it's kind of like an electronic brain. And I update things there. So um, not so much into the whole goal setting, journaling, meditate, blah, blah. blah. Honestly, I think a lot of that's just um, fad. Uh, I think deeper down, there's it's got to be something deeper than that. Um, for me, it's um, thinking about, or, or you could use the word visioning. It's, it's about imagining what my life can look like. And then I pretty much automatically know how to go about getting that. I don't keep a to-do list. I don't write down my goals anymore. I'm not waking up at 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, to, to write in some journal. Uh, great if that works for you. It doesn't work for me. It, if you wake up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., it just means you've got to go to bed at 8 or 9 p.m. <laughs> There's no <laughs> cheating sleep. You don't cheat sleep. Yeah. Do you, uh, did you have a mentor throughout your career or your life? Um, and if so, what were some of the best um, tips that you received? I've had different uh, people who have inspired me on the journey. I've, I've never had some kind of, you know, I've never paid $50,000 and had some one guru uh, be the guy, uh, which is ironic in a way because um, for a lot of people, that's me. But I've collected experiences from everyone, from customers through to family members, through to um, bosses. And there were a couple of bosses that I think really gave me some strong foundations. And one, one of them was particularly good and also particularly bad. He was uh, mm -hmm. somewhat eccentric. I called him the lunatic millionaire. Uh, but he taught me some very, very valuable lessons that I took on into the online world. And probably the, the most notable and one thing I'm known for now is own the race course. And that was always about control. And that is building your own assets that you have control over. For example, an email list or having your own domain name. I see a lot of people building out uh, a YouTube channel or a, a podcast on Apple or a Facebook page or group, and then it gets stopped. You know, the platform shuts it down and, and then they cry about it. Well, they were in a position where they could have had a little more control over that. So it's a very popular concept now because we're seeing a lot of deplatforming and censorship. And uh, if people are just starting to realize, well, hang on, this is actually not my group. This is Facebook's group. And I'm just happen to be parasiting on their platform and if they if they want to turn it off they can turn it off i mean if twitter can turn off the most powerful man on the planet then imagine what they can do for someone who's not uh you know so so don't rely on these external places that was a lesson taught to me by 
one of my bosses and it's been key to me having such a strong business uh, for the whole time I've been online. I've never placed myself in peril. I've not built my house on someone else's beach and seen it wash away, which I see a mm -hmm. very, very common. And I'd say it's a big part of what I help people do is to avoid catastrophic mistakes like that. That's great. Where can people find you on social media, James? And where can they find your uh, your book, Work Less, Make More? Uh, Work Less, Make More is on Amazon and Audible. So it's very easy to get. There's a 30-day um, Work Less, Make More challenge. It's free. That's at superfastresults.com forward slash 30. And it, I'll send you one lesson per day for 30 days. And by the end of a month, you will be in a position where you, you've made some changes. Uh, so I, I would recommend that. Social media, I, I'm on all the usual places. Instagram is, uh, I've got a personal account, James Shramko, and you know, that's just more behind the scenes. And then there's a business account called Superfast Business. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with James Shramko. Go check out James's website at superfastbusiness.com for more blogs, videos, and a link to his book, Work Less, Make More. Also, if you have been enjoying this podcast, go give it a rating on whichever platform you listen on. See you soon.